What's everybody? This is the specificist. I figured I'd make a couple episodes while I'm here. Um, <clears throat> and so I wanted to do a kind of a live exercise slash demonstration on nihilism. Something that I really become very, very deeply aware of. Um, it's very interesting to contemplate this. And so if you find yourself in nihilism, you might find this interesting. You might find this worth trying. It definitely does kind of debunk the ideas that we have about it. Um, because we misunderstand nihilism. A lot of people misunderstand it and they think it's because it's meaningless, it means is it's depressing because it's meaningless. But that is actually a meaning, and so I wanted to go in this episode as a live basic demonstration. So get comfortable. And think about your ideas on nihilism. What does it mean? What does meaninglessness mean to you? Because if you are stuck in nihilism and you feel sad or whatever because of the nihilism itself, why? What is causing this? It doesn't really matter what the cause is. But I want you to become very clear about this for yourself so that you can see what I'm pointing to. It's very deep truth about nihilism that most people aren't aware of. So whatever the cause is, <clears throat> it's a meaning. That, that whatever it is that you have a problem with when it comes to nihilism, you're depressed over it, you're annoyed about it, whatever it is, uh, is a meaning that you're putting upon nihilism. Nihilism is not these things in reality. So, become aware of, of the, these reasons for your depression and nihilism notice notice them and ask yourself what does meaning actually mean what does it mean to have meaning or what does it mean to be meaningless and what is meaning in the first place These are very important questions if we want to understand nihilism because otherwise we can get stuck in this what I call pseudo-meaninglessness and not realize that this meaninglessness isn't actually meaninglessness at all but is a meaning and attachment slash meaning that you put upon the meaningless.
I made an episode a long a while back called Annihilism is Precognitive. I think it's called Annihilism is Precognitive. And I talked about how meaninglessness is literally beyond description. You can't describe it because that itself is a meaning. So we have to ask the question, what is meaning? And we can have a couple of definitions. You might say, well, meaning is about purpose, my purpose in life. Well, what? Um, but I want to I go more specific with this because I want you to see what I'm trying to point out with these episodes on nihilism. So I think there's basically two different types of meaning. And you're engaging in both of these without realizing, right? So the first is what I call descriptive meaning. Meaning, if you are, uh, if you hear an unfamiliar word, you go, what does that mean? What does that word actually mean? And then somebody might give you the definition or whatever it is. That's what I'd call the description-based meaning. It's based on definitions and language. Of course, you don't really hear people talk about this when it comes to nihilism, but that's actually very important um, because this is also playing a very big role in what you're seeing with nihilism. The second kind of meaning is what you could call personal meaning which is about, oh, well, what, is, what does this thing mean to me? Now, personal meaning is not just positive. It's also negative, believe it or not, because why are you negative about something? Why are you depressed about something? Because something is missing, something is gone, and that is a problem for you. You feel empty. You feel unloved or as if you do not matter to the universe. And that makes you feel a certain way because you you need to matter. That needing to matter is a, a meaning that you place upon mattering or not mattering to the universe. Can you see this? And so, to literally matter or not matter is in itself not a problem. If you do not matter to the universe, if you're unattached to not mattering to the universe, you don't see that as a problem. even Even the darkest things, like... Oh, but the world is overpopulated and, you know, there's a lot more problems and crimes and all this kind of stuff. Even those things are still causing you, even those things are meanings that you're putting upon the world. Um, Life is horrible, life sucks, and you will die, you know, this kind of thing. And... So when you 
engage in nihilism, you're not actually engaged in nihilism at all. You're engaged in a sort of pseudo-nihilism. True nihilism is not needing to, not describing things or having meetings one way or another about something. But that is actually very boring. And it's actually very, very difficult to do this in real life for various reasons. Um, because in order to uh, be able to do things in the world, you have to make sense of things. That is meaning. In order to use your phone, you have to know how to use your phone. That requires words and definitions and language and understanding of how your phone works, this kind of thing. That is based on meaning. What I'd call global or descriptive meaning. And even when you believe that your, your life is meaningless... That is still based on meaning a lot of times because not only do you believe your life is meaningless, there is a feeling that you have about this that says this is unacceptable, depressing, uh, It's, it's a downer to you, things like this. Why is it a downer to you? Because you no longer matter to the universe. You no longer have a higher source of power to look up to, to make your decisions, things like this. But that's, that's personal meaning. You've put on, you put labels on reality saying this shouldn't exist. Because I don't matter to the universe, that is bad. I feel unloved or unwanted or whatever it is. See, the problem with meaninglessness is that in reality, in actuality, I'll say, the meaninglessness of life <clears throat> is precognitive. You literally can't understand it. to understand it is to put meanings back on the universe again. And so even your depressions are meaningful. They have meaning to you. You think this is bad. Of course, a lot of this is unconscious. You're not aware of this. This is part of the problem. You have to become aware of this as it's happening, while it's happening. 
once you do, you start realizing, oh my God, what have I been doing? Like I've, I, I never realized that nihilism was precognitive in this way. Because the truth of the matter is that once you really reach the deepest level, the deeper levels of nihilism, you realize that nothing actually matters. The fact that you don't matter to the universe, if that is actually a fact, doesn't matter and it doesn't matter to you at these levels. And so there's kind of like three levels of nihilism. The first level is of nihilism is where you have all these attachments to needing to be needed, needing to be loved, needing to be something, needing the world to be a certain way. The sort of second level is where you don't need those things anymore. Nothing really matters anymore. Everything is kind of okay as it is. You don't need anything. You don't need to be needed. You don't need the universe to need you. Things like this. Everything is just okay as it is. But that still is a meaning that you're putting on the world in some ways. It's more subtle, but it's still kind of there. Because... The meaning is that everything is okay. Everything is fine as it is. It doesn't really matter one way or another. But that's still, those are still labels. You're still labeling reality. You're still labeling what is in this way. The sort of third level is precognitive, where you kind of realize, like, well, I mean, it's true, or at least it can be true in a sense that nothing really matters, and nothing is a problem, really. The truth of nihilism is that it ultimately defies description, literally defies description, because description is a meaning. It means something, and you and and it's used to make sense of reality, in some way. Um, and so, if you think of it this way, you really start understanding that you can't actually understand nihilism, because to understand nihilism is to escape it. or understand nihilism is to literally cancel out nihilism. And that's perfectly okay. You know, that's the second level. Um, but this will admit, this may take you years to really reach this level because it 
it requires you to kind of get used to your nihilism, become aware of it, become aware of uh, your emotional alarm system, things we've talked about in the past, things we've talked about in past episodes. And from that place, we can kind of get to that understanding of, oh, in reality, nothing really matters. You know, that's the second level. That's where you you need to aim for if you're at the first level. Uh, if you're at the second level, it may feel like you're at the ultimate level of nihilism. And in some ways, you kind of are. I mean, there really isn't a way to really enter the third levels of nihilism because the truth is is that your mind is always making sense of reality it's unconscious it's implicit you're not aware of it you know very simple things this is a chair this is a wall i'm recording this on my phone i'm I'm next to my bed you know things like this my fan is running and we automatically know those things are happening based on sounds and based on sensations and sights, if you can see. We don't need to think about it and go, oh, this is a chair, this is a wall, this is a door. We just automatically know based on past experience. And so because of that, it's almost impossible, actually, to really see the third level. It's actually pretty crazy how much uh, meaning we put on things and how much descriptions we have on things. Yeah, there's like 99% of the descriptions that you put on reality you're not aware of. Um, it's almost impossible to become aware of them. Like, you can become aware of the simplest forms of them, but. By do, becoming aware of those simplest forms, that creates other forms. Uh, there, there's an episode that I did a long time ago called narrating, what did I call it? I forget what I called it. Basically, the idea of the episode was the way to become aware of reality is by narrating your experience. Like, I'm sitting in a chair uh, with my hip 
you know, I'm sitting on the chair on the right side of the chair with my hip on the uh, armrest. My hand is on the the uh, the the uh, the bed. It's on this little rail-looking thing on my bed, and my feet are touching the wall near the baseboard. I feel the fan, the wind from the fan on my arm and my neck a little bit on my legs, things like this, right? And so you're deeply narrating experience in this way. By that, you become aware of like what's happening. You know, I just moved my hand away from the bed. Now it's holding the phone. Now both hands are holding the phone. Yeah, this kind of thing. Um, and so the point of that episode was to help you become aware of the explicit, to help you to explicitly become aware of uh, awareness or become aware of like what you're actually aware of. In this way, because like half the time we're like aware, but we're not aware that we're like aware. And so like, you might be aware that you're sitting in your chair that you might uh, be sitting in your chair, but you're usually not very aware of that. And so you might be becoming aware of it now that I'm mentioning it. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. And because a lot of that is going on in the background, you're not really aware of that happening. You're not seeing most of these definitions you're putting on the reality description, these descriptions and labels, which are meanings, descriptive meanings. And of course, there's the personal meanings. I'm feeling the fan on my my arm, in my back, in my neck. It feels good. I, I like the feeling of it on my body. It makes me think of being outside and things like this. Now you're putting in these subjective elements of it while doing this. And you can put in emotional elements as well. You know, it makes me happy, whatever it is. To give you an example. And these... Uh, kinds of implicit... descriptors are kind of going on all the, all the time. Usually, usually um, the thing is you're usually not aware of them. Most of them are very implicit. You know, even when you're very explicit, like I feel sad or angry, this is annoying, whatever it is, there's still a lot of implicit meaning in that anger, that in that sadness, whatever it is that you're not aware of, that you're maybe even intentionally not aware of. 
thinking because one thing I've noticed as well is you know, that negative emotions. When you have negative emotions, typically speaking, your body, your mind cringes away from those, keeps you from really becoming aware of those. And so that could be also happening as well. And so even you're even less aware than you would normally be of those emotions. So, anyways, um, just some basic points to be made about this, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.